0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select Campus events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Uh, do you mind? We're, uh, we're playing through.
1: Here's Froggy and Wacker. It's another edition of the Playing Through podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It's uh, Froggy from Elvis Duran in the Morning Show at Froggy Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Here with Brian uh, Wacker at wacker one from Golf Digest. Brian, PGA Championship was a pretty damn good tournament
2: final major of the year and uh, boy that that was a pretty good way to go out. Um, Yeah
1: I gotta be honest leading into it and I know you had talked about this with Rich Beam. Uh, There there was no no no, buzz. There
2: was no buzz. There was no look maybe us in the media we just we're all contrarian um, a little too much sometimes. uh,
1: Hold on a second. Let's go backwards. There was crazy buzz around the Masters. There was a lot of buzz around the US Open. There's always buzz around the Open Championship.
2: Well, and, and look, we've just come off. You mentioned the Open Championship, this great month of Lynx golf between Carnoustie, of course, in the Open Championship, uh, the, the Senior Open at St. Andrews, uh, Golan uh, with the Scottish Open, the ladies. So there had been so much good golf on right. so many good golf courses for about a month. And then right. we go to St. Louis for, and we'll get into this. A, a, look, St. Louis is a terrific sports town. Uh, those fans were... Uh, Fantastic all week long. Uh, They really were extremely. um, They were into it. They showed up, and they were extremely friendly. And it was was just great atmosphere from that standpoint. Um, But there was not. There's definitely a lot of sort of uh, you know just there. There wasn't a lot of excitement over Bell Reve Country Club. Rightfully so. Look it, um, but it delivered. The tournament delivered on Sunday for sure, and that was one of the more memorable days. And it really um, looks. Brooks Koepka was fantastic all week, but really, there's one guy uh, that really. There's a couple of guys, but one guy above all that really uh, sort of won the week. It's my boy. Yeah, I knew you. Look at that big smile. People so can't, if only people, if only we had a camera here, maybe I should take a picture. The smile on your face. It, you know yeah. what it
1: is. is- I had accepted that this we weren't going to see this anymore. Uh, a year ago, I thought, you know what?
2: I think everybody had. Yeah. I just
1: if I just wanted to see him play again. I didn't even care where he finished. And then when he started the uh, the year at the Hero, and it wasn't great. And then you know he missed the cut at Genesis. I know he played okay at Tory Pines. I mean, it really was. And, and I was trying to lower my own expectations. And then we had Valspar, the Honda. He played decent. Uh Valspar, second-place finish in order to not win. It took Paul Casey to have the greatest putting day of his career. So there was some there was some buzz there, a uh, little bit of a letdown at Bay Hill. The Masters was not as great as we thought it was going to be. So we have been kind of up and down. But to see what we witnessed, to me, I know he didn't win. I know it was second place. But to me, what we saw for four days in St. Louis at Belle Reef is the best we've seen from Tiger Woods yet because – he did not fade on Sunday. He didn't fade on the back nine, like we saw a little bit at Carnoustie. It seems to get a little better every single week. I feel like he's going to get over the hump. Well, now, and, and you've been one that said he wouldn't win a major this year. I wanted, I am going to give credit where credit's due. You are right. He didn't. He was better than we thought he'd be at the majors this year. Agree? Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, a lot of people would have pointed to Augusta. As a place, he would do well. He, um, you know, was pretty pedestrian there. Yeah. And of course, the Open Championship and, and going into it, given the setup, um, a lot of people, uh, Brandle Shambley and a good friend of the program here, and and a number of others, self included, thought he, he could do well because he wouldn't need to hit a lot of driver there, a lot of drivers there, and he did. He he delivered. But uh, down the stretch, there we still we saw some, um, you know, those last four holes which are look some of the hardest holes in golf um and we'll get into this the venue uh with with bellroove because this was not a a sort of a championship venue um certainly compared to the other uh three courses we saw in the major championships this year and i think that maybe influences our thinking obviously but um to me you go back to uh and, and we talk about this obviously too tiger with you know, not making birdie on 17, not even making birdie on 17 when he had a chance at eagle on, on 17 Saturday. on Saturday. Um, to me, was, so there's still some, there's still a little bit of that hump to get over, but this was, this felt like, um, if it were not Brooks Kepka in the lead, um, looking the way he looked all week and, and looking the way he did on Sunday, quite frankly, this might have been a different result for Tiger, um, but, Certainly, I don't think at the start of the year you would have been hard-pressed uh, to find you, even the most ardent of Tiger right. fan supporters, um, to say that he would have contended legitimately deep into Sunday in two major championships
1: this year, uh, either of which could have gone his way. Right. Um, and did- neither one mm. was one that we really picked. It, it, most mm. people were saying the Masters was his sure. best chance because yep. he loves Augusta. He plays so well there. So to see him do it, he really was phenomenal. There's two things I want to say real quick, though. Uh, number one, I want to give your colleague uh, Alex Myers there at Golf Digest. He wrote an article, "The Seven Shots That Cost Tiger His 15th Major," mm. and you can go back and whether it's one, uh, it's it's that double bogey on 11 is his second hole of the tournament on Thursday.
2: Yeah, the three I mean, over start. It was not.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean that that, that hurt him. Great. The putt that I, I still can't believe that putt on Sunday on 11 at seven, at uh, number 11 didn't fall in. That that cost him. Um, the the par putt that he j- just lipped out. There's, there's really a lot of shots you can go back and say. And listen, I'm sure Brooks had his share of shots that could have gone either way as well. I know what happens over a 72 hole tournament.
2: Well, and the tee shot on 17 on on Sunday of course, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that. Yeah, Didn't, I mean, there's a there's, lot of things we've seen, and this is the and Tiger said as much after his round. I mean, the driver is still a problem. Where it where you know you had you had Brooks. The fa- the fascinating to me about this
1: was. I don't want to come off as we're not giving Brooks credit. Brooks right. absolutely overpowered the field, pounded his driver like Tiger said. He said, look, the guy sitting at 340 down the middle of the fairway, that's tough to beat. Brooks absolutely, positively won this golf tournament. And he was, went out and overpowered it and deserved every every ounce of it.
2: And that was the thing. Brooks, you know, look, he wasn't going to back off driver, and he said as much um, really all week. He was sort of surprised to see some guys, you know, hitting, hitting long irons or three woods. Um, he really felt like Look, I'm I'm just going to hit driver because there's not going to be any run out in the fairways, so even if you're a little bit off in your driver, um, you know these these were not uh, the widest fairways, but they weren't the tightest
1: either. But the and rough was thick.
2: The rough was thick, but uh, uh, look, there was just no no fear in terms of um, Brooks with how he was driving the ball. Which, by the way showed up at Bell Reeve with a crack in his driver. Yeah. And then they had a test about uh maybe a half a dozen, I think it was his his coach Claude Harmon told me. Um eventually settled on one, I think on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and was fine. And and you know, look, it, it's a my it's it, you hear this that that happens more than you think, but the fact that he went out then and drove it as well as he did um you know tells me that there was really no concern over the driver for him it's a huge advantage obviously if you can hit the ball in the fairway um and we saw that with tiger he's still struggling off the tee look there were times he
1: hit irons into the rough oh on, off the uh, on sunday his front nine he had yeah. three irons off the tees he did not hit one single fairway and yeah. still shot three under on sunday i we're mean sit- he said his warm-up was horrible he said he was hitting in both ways he didn't know where the ball was going right but he hung in there and still shot three under. To me, that's a different Tiger Woods. That takes us back to the Tiger we used to see. Yeah,
2: this felt like that version. Maybe not quite the same version because but close. because I again, you, like I point to shots on seventeen, or um, you, you point to the putt on eleven not dropping. You point to the bogey on fourteen. Um, but this was as close to that version certainly as we have seen really in a long time, even. Maybe better than – I mean, look, he won five times in 2013. Um, this, was, this was the closest – didn't have a second place at a major that year. Right. Yeah. This was the, the closest version to the old Tiger that I've seen, and um, it was f- absolutely fabulous to watch. I it mean, was. And, so, and, and, of course, obviously we saw that in the ratings. People tuned in. Record numbers there.
1: Up huge, 69% from yeah. last year.
2: Huge crowds. Um, that was scintillating, scintillating stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, the problem was, was more Brooks Koepka. Or, oh yeah, or Tiger much, didn't come back. As, as, as much uh, Brooks Kepka as, as it was, um, you know, Tiger not hitting driver well, uh, throughout the week.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't say that Tiger crumbled or I wouldn't even say there was a choke in this one. There was some, there was some talk of it being a choke at Carnoustie because, no. as Brando Chambly said, a choke means that the, the, the pressure that you're under has affected what you've done and that's exactly what happened at Carnoustie. I wouldn't say this was a choke. No. Even the drive on 17, not a choke. That's what he's been doing. He's been blowing it both ways. The fact that he saved par then goes to 18 and rolls in birdie, that is a different Tiger Woods and that's great finish. So for the year, we got 14 starts, we have 12 cuts made, Eight top twelves, four top fives, and two runner-up finishes. He has twice as many top fives as he does missed cuts. So to me, and I and I know we still have the playoffs to go. Uh, he's looks like right now he's twentieth in FedEx Cup points. He'll play all four events. Um, he could feasibly win one of these FedEx Cup events. I mean, with, it's not a stretch now to think that whenever he tees it up, he's got a chance to win. Yeah,
2: no I, I think at this point um, again there's still some still some holes or some you know
1: oh the driver is an issue
2: sure the driver's an issue you know at times um, when he gets in these moments when he's when he gets to that point of having the pressure on him needing to pull off the shot or needing to execute the putt we still have not seen him get over the hump right in but- that regard.
1: But he has fixed his putting. His putting's better. It wasn't great on Saturday. It was much better on Sunday. And so his putting is is up and down. But it's not as bad as it was at let's say Memorial when he sure. did, didn't make anything. So his putting has gotten better. He's certainly look. I I
2: maintain this now for, and I and I get all all sorts of flack from you know my colleagues in the office. But I I, I sort of said look he's he's a very good tour player at, at this point, and that's. He's that's, a little better than a very yeah, good tour player. And at this point, right, he's 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 sort of the upper echelon of that very good tour player to me because um he still hasn't won and and look, at the end of the day it's about winning. Right. And, and, and to me and, and to me that's, you know, look, the co- the comeback is not complete, I'm sorry, until he wins because Correct. that's
1: that's the bar he's set and but that's what you, we've all measured him by. Did you ever think you'd see him excited as he was and as pleased as he was to finish second in the major?
2: <laughs> no, but uh Look, career round there his lowest final round in the major sixty four. Um, had a shot at sixty three. Could L- you know
1: lowest score to ever not win a major? Lowest score ever, to ever not win a major. So and the lowest score on the weekend in PGA Championship history. Right. I mean, he really played total, yep. very well on the weekend. Those first the first two holes on Thursday were really his undoing. It's crazy how. Uh, a putt on the first hole on Thursday is just as important as the seventeenth hole on Sunday. Yeah. It, it 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 all goes in together. It's not match play. It's 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 total score. So that's really when you can go back and look at and and, and like I said, I read Alex Meyer's article at Golf Digest, where he mentions the seven shots. And there are so many of those you could go back and say, Well, what if, what if, what if? But to see how happy he was to finish second place, I think he appreciates being there because It was almost all taken away from him when he couldn't get out of bed for months. Um, I do believe we're seeing a different Tiger. Let me ask you this. Do you think we will get a victory from him in the FedEx Cup playoffs? No. You don't? And why Uh, is that?
2: Well, look, I've maintained the position all year that he doesn't win. Um, He's certainly capable of it. But, you know, I just look at the venues. Okay, Ridgewood could be problematic with the driver there. Uh, TPC Boston. Could be problematic with the driver there. Um, These are narrow courses. I mean, you know, sort of classic tree-lined. You, oh, know, you can't spray it. Yeah, you can't just blow it all over the place on on those two either. Of those two tracks. And but can
1: he um, hit irons off tees, or is it too so, long?
2: Sometimes, you know, uh, there'll, there'll be cases I think where we see that. But again, you're going to. To me, it, the thing I still haven't seen um, is him. You know, just getting over that hump, and and this was you know i i think he went into sunday feeling like okay I, I, even saturday night conceded he needed a low one because i i think certainly he could sense that brooks wasn't that coming back brooks wasn't going to come back the golf course really wasn't going to have let that many people come back because uh you know it was it just wasn't that difficult right. really par right. par there felt like i don't know 68 and a half almost right so and it was par seventy course, so it it didn't feel that difficult. So to me, um, and it, it clearly wasn't in terms of the scoring. You, l- you look at the numbers that were put up all week, a couple of sixty threes, uh, the lowest total in PGA history. Um, you know that said, um, I just feel like okay, he's still he, he he look if he were to win during the playoffs, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, he certainly no. could win. Um, at any of those
1: venues. At this point, if he's in the yeah. field and tees it up, he's got a chance to win. Yeah, and, and look what. And, it, and the
2: farther you get into the playoffs, or the further you get into it. Obviously, there's fewer
1: players you have to worry about. Right. So, and um, his proximity to the hole is really getting good. Yeah, I mean His if, iron play has been really good this year. Was it, 17, 15 on Sunday. I mean, uh, from 164, he hit a nine iron to a foot. Uh, I just i just curious been to great. see
2: how you know we it continues to go
1: when the pressure is on him when the spotlight is on him. Well, um, he had to be feeling pressure on Sunday. Sure, he had to be, and I and I think he performed. The only, uh, but he had I, he also was trying to chase Brooks down. He did, so, which, which means he different. had to do some things that he didn't want to do. Sure. Which, but he 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 had hit driver on seventeen every day.
2: Look, I, I think certainly that performance helps him enormously. Oh, in it that definitely area. puts
1: some some good fibers in the yeah. in the brain and in the thought process of hey, I can do this again. I've been there. I know what it feels like. I can do it. I think that that was very, very valuable to him to feel that way. Um, What now? So so you've mentioned the first two venues that are probably not the best for driving the golf ball. Now, what about the last two?
2: Well, then we go to the BMW Championship in Aronimink, which um, first year there for the event. But his tournament was there a couple of years back in 10 and 11. He won there, I think. Because uh, Congressional was being uh, prepared for the U.S. Open. Right. Didn't and, he win there? You know, that's... I thought
1: he did. I thought he had won there or, or played very well. I know in thirteen he won his tournament, but I think back by then it was back at Congressional. And then I know the final event is in Atlanta. Yeah,
2: uh East Lake, which of course he's won there before. So um you know, look, he certainly could
1: I mean he's he's got a chance uh, like like you said the first two probably not the best for driving the golf ball if you can tighten up the driver
2: he did not win by the way at agronomic I, I which sounded confusing to me when you said that um that was justin rose in 2010 and nick watney in nick watney. 2011
1: okay. so he won in 13 but by by then it was back at congressional already
2: no the year he uh, he won his event uh, actually he uh, was 2009 uh, and then 2012 he oh, went it. it was yes. 12 okay so 12 so was that, that was back and that was back in congressional yes. okay, first yeah. year back there
1: yeah okay so so he does have it so maybe the last two events are his best chances the good thing is He's high enough up in uh, FedEx points right now. He's. Yeah, he'll,
2: he'll, he should make it to East Lake. Uh, I would imagine.
1: Which earlier in the see, this is what's funny. <laughs> yeah. Earlier in the year, if I would said to you, "Do you think he could win at East Lake?" the first answer would have been, "He probably won't even make East Lake." Yeah. Now it's a foregone conclusion that he's gonna. He's number twenty six in the world golf rankings. He's up from eleven ninety nine. Now I know that you. Have a problem with people like me and everybody else making a huge deal out of the out of the rise from almost twelve hundred to number twenty six? Well,
2: right, because look, the way the world rankings work, and not a lot of people, or you know, I think people in the golf community certainly understand it, but uh, I think the casual fan maybe doesn't necessarily. I know you do, but uh, it's a two year sliding scale. So, in other words, the short version of this is, if you don't play for two years. Your your rankings going to go off a cliff because you, you're going to have no starts. So, right, and
1: he's not being hurt by the tournaments he you don't play. Right, you just lose points. Once right. you start gaining points, those zeros don't hurt you. Right, they so, just don't count because they don't stuff, need to all, all
2: the all the good results fall up for him. What happened that you know you can go back to 2013 when he won five times. So eventually, all those wins fall off the off the chart in the world rankings, and of course his. You know, the only he,
1: thing he had was like a couple missed cuts.
2: Yeah, he, and the only time he did play, he didn't play well. So so the numbers just go off the cliff, and, and of course he plummets. Now, that said, the fact that he has worked his way this quickly back up the leaderboards, or, or sorry, the rankings, speaks to how well he has played and how consistent he has been. You mentioned that he's only had two missed cuts this year. Right. Um, now, to me. He's been, he's been fairly consistent, um, pretty much. All year in terms of finishes, so that's that's uh, been impressive that he's been able to maintain it. Um, we've seen some stretches uh, physically where there's some questions because he played a lot of golf in a short period of time, which we're going to get now with the playoffs, which is another reason I think I'm curious to see because I feel like
1: he's going to play four weeks in a row. Looks like
2: right. Well, you you get the break in the playoffs in between this year. You get a, you get a week off uh, a bye week, but. Um, you know, this is going to be a lot of golf for him. So I have to think that St. Louis took a lot out of him physically, and mentally. Right. Right. So how quickly can he rebound that? Oh, he kept
1: saying he was mentally tired.
2: Sure. So, so right. 29 holes on Saturday. So, you know, he'll get this week off, uh, coming up. It's the final week of the regular season, the Wyndham championship, which we'll get into. And then he'll go into the playoffs, play the first two week off, then the tour championship, then the Ryder cup. So, um, There'll be a couple of breaks in there for him that will be important, and, and quite frankly, um, he—I believe—he took Monday off, coming off of Bridgestone as well, because uh, he was, you know, pretty worn out. Took an ice bath, all of that. So, how much? Uh, the, what's the cumulative, you know, result effect. effect of of all of this golf on him? So that's what I'm curious to see how that plays off, uh, how that plays out in the playoffs. And what that means in terms of where he finishes.
1: But now, what I do want to get into is a, official world golf rankings. I know that mm. th- that there's it, it's easy for him to make big gains because he didn't have any any results in there. There's only and now, one way to go, right? Right. So, but I'm not sure people know this or understand this. If you take just the total official world golf ranking points from just the majors in 2018, where do you think he is? Just the majors. Just take the four majors. You know he only made the cut in three, so if you just take those four no, tournaments— it has to be top ten, easily. He's number five. Yeah, so— So Brooks right. is one, Reed is two, Francesco Molinari is three. Those are your winners, okay? Tommy Fleetwood is fourth, Tiger Woods is fifth, uh, then Ricky, and then Justin Rose, Jordan Spieth, Xander Shoffley, and Roy McIlroy round out your top ten. Justin Johnson, not in your top ten, in points gained in majors. The number majors. one player in the world. Right, is number 11. Yeah. That's remarkable that he's number five in official world well, golf ranking points. Sure. And just, that tells you where he is amongst his peers. Well, because he
2: he finished, you know, in the top five in two of those, so... Well, six, technically. He uh, finished sixth at the uh, right, British. Sorry, he finished six. second. Uh, uh, 37th right. at the
1: Masters and a miscut at the Open.
2: So... Um, that you know, obviously, any any time you can have two strong majors, which you had in these last two majors of the year, you're going to be up there. Yeah, so. that's. What,
1: I mean, yeah. to me, that's a big stat. Yeah, you can absolutely. Take, I mean, the 26 in the just world. Look at the, look, just look at the
2: finishes. No one. I, I would love to know what the odds would have been if you said Tiger was going to finish in the top six in two majors this year. You oh, probably could have got good at you the start of the year. Re- you, really good odds. You would have gotten paid well. Yeah. Let's give some more love to Brooks Koepka because. This guy, it was unbelievable the performance he's put on.
1: Oh, he overpowered the golf course. He overpowered the field, and it's not just you know you know plenty of guys can hit the ball a long ways. The way he his his wedge game, the way he putted, he putted lights out. I can't tell you how many times I would I would look up. I was watching it on Twitter, watching it on TV, and it would say uh, Brooks has 10, 10 feet for par, and he just roll it in like it was a two footer. He putted amazingly. Brooks Kepka deserved every single bit of winning that trophy. He's now – you, and you think about this. He won half of our majors this year, and he didn't play the Masters.
2: Right, and listen to this. So people sort of look at him as Johnny come lately, but, I mean, this is really impressive. 2014 tied for fourth at the U.S. Open. 2015 uh, top, uh, tied for 10th at the Open Championship. Tied for fifth at the PGA, 2016. Tied for fourth at the PGA Championship, 2017. Tied for uh, wins the U.S. Open, ties for sixth at the Open, uh, Open Championship, 2018. Of course, doesn't play the Masters, wins the U.S. Open. Not really factor at uh, Carnoustie, tying for 39th. Never really finding um, any kind of rhythm there. No. And then, of course, coming back, winning the PGA Championship. This is a guy at 28 years old. He is the prototypical modern uh the epitome of the modern day player he hits it a mile uh he's built like a stack of bricks yeah it
1: looks like a linebacker yeah I mean, he looks like he could have played linebacker at florida state instead of playing golf
2: yeah and uh um you know he's got a massive massive chip on his
1: shoulder he's which, won three of his last six majors he yeah, participated in that's which, unreal
2: yeah which uh the, you know look he clearly now Um, It's a little bit of a straw man act in my opinion uh, about the sort of lack of attention, lack of notoriety um, going into the majors this year because to that point, like he, he fought, he'd won one major, um, which is certainly no small feat um, one tour event. He'd won a handful of other events around the world on other tours. Um, But this was a guy who wasn't necessarily a media darling. So um, you know, people doesn't just, have a ton of sponsorships. Right. If you notice, doesn't well, doesn't have an equipment deal. Just just wasn't a guy who he can be, um, you know, thoughtful and interesting in his answers at times. But, um, by and large, didn't say a whole lot in press conferences. No, and the masses from the media. Now, look, it's a, it's on the media as much as it as it is the player. But, um, it's sort of a two way street. You need you hope the guy. Sort of gives some thought and some answers to your questions, um, but this is a guy who had a huge chip on his shoulder because he felt like he was every bit as good as Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth,
1: Dustin Johnson, Dustin
2: Johnson on down the list, but was not getting anywhere near the recognition. Now, in fairness. All those guys had better resumes right. at, this, at this point.
1: I saw a story that he and Dustin went to the gym on uh, yeah, one, was one a of the great days before. story on
2: Saturday. Yeah. And
1: everybody yeah. was bugging Dustin everybody Johnson.
2: Everybody fawning over Dustin, the number one player in the world. And, and course, nobody said fiance, anything to him. And yeah. Yeah, Right. And, and nobody even knew who Brooks Kepka was. Right, exactly. Um, you know, but look, for Brooks to bring up the fact that nobody requested him after his opening round, you know, defending you, reigning you at two-time U.S. Open champion shoots, uh, one under in the opening round, Tied for I believe thirty second or twenty third, I, I can't remember which. Um but um no media requests. Now look, there's a lot going on that that day. There's a lot, you know the Tiger um, effect is still um, sure, there. Tigers playing, all of that, right?
1: I mean he started Tiger started horrible and fought his way back to even bar.
2: Right. So um but you know, real imagined they've used that as motivation. Right. Um he snickers at it every time he doesn't get the attention, but you know, doesn't by the way also doesn't go out of his way to kind of seek it or kind of play the game, however you want to phrase it, um, in terms of that stuff. So, um, but you cannot question his golf. He's an absolutely oh. tremendous player. He crushes the ball off the tee, which everyone um, notices. But his iron play is absolutely fantastic, and you you brought up his putting. His putting was terrific. You felt like, even though he had a couple of bogeys, um, a couple of putts, you felt like, all right, these are makeable par putts you should make. And he missed them on Sunday. Um, His wedge play is really good. His distance controls is is terrific. And I think that was one of the reasons this, this place played really perfectly into his hands, because he could just attack it with impunity with... Really, no fear of you know. There's really no major trouble out there. No, the only hole that
1: I think that required a lot of strategy, as you would call it, uh, would be 11. Do you do you lay up or, or or do you go for it? And he laid up most days. Yeah, um, and
2: 17, same thing.
1: Yeah, Justin Thomas so, went for it and, uh, and 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 it worked out for him. He hit that guy in the head and then got up and down. And,
2: and to me, and this brings up an interesting question because I felt like it was a bit like driving range golf out there, and and by that I meant there just wasn't much strategy involved look the the weather was what it was so you had a very soft golf course maybe we would have come away feeling much differently if the golf course played differently but the design of it um is not particularly um championship like well it just you know it comes across on tv as sort of bland it comes across that way in person is sort of bland uh there's not a lot of creativity needed to play that golf course uh, we're also sort of um you know, we're coming off, as we talked about earlier, that stretch of tremendous golf overseas and Lynx right. Golf and Gullen and St. Andrews and Carnoustie and on down the line. That, you know, it's definitely felt like a normal sort of tour course. Um, you know, look again, the fans were fantastic, the atmosphere is terrific, but it felt like uh just from a golf course perspective, just like another golf course and um so to me, the question is, does that take away from the excitement that we had on Sunday? Does that diminish, rather, the championship in any capacity? No. Or is it all about the finish and how guys play?
1: It's the leaderboard. Okay. It's the leaderboard and the finish. I think if they played at your local crummy muni. If they had the same leaderboard that we saw on Sunday afternoon and the same way that we had to finish and the the um what you know, as everybody's sitting around saying what could have been, uh, I think the golf course pales in comparison to that. Now, I do think there are times that it is important that we do have a good venue, uh, because sometimes you get a place where maybe the venue's not so where the venue's great and the leaderboard's not so good and somebody runs away with it, and so at least the yeah, golf to me, course kind of brings it back.
2: And that's what happened, right? The leaderboard to me. And that's why I kind of disagree with your point somewhat. The
1: leaderboard um, made this golf tournament what it was, not the golf course.
2: Right. And, and that's sort of my point is that when uh, that sort of masked um, this not being a, a great venue, um, but it felt like, uh, quite honestly, we had this conversation early in the week at Belle Reve with, with some colleagues of mine, where uh, sitting around uh, in the hotel bar, um, having a drink and, and, that. and just, yeah, that never happens. Um, but having this conversation about, the venue and and what it would feel like, and, and a couple of names that came out were Kyle Stanley and Gary Woodland. Um, Kyle Stanley missed the cut, but Gary Woodland obviously was right there going into the into the weekend, into the final round, into really. the final round. And so, uh, nothing against Gary, but this is a guy who had zero top tens in a, in a major championship prior to go, you know, prior to going into St. Louis. So, um, and, and it was a very sort of it felt like okay, hit it, just hit it in the fairway. Um, it's, sh- it's literally straight in front of you. There's sort of only one way to play it. I'm right. um, sure you could hit iron or, or driver off the tee, but it really was just a matter of put it in the fairway, attack the attack the pins because... Um, Wasn't a lot but, of undulation in the greens, and the greens right, were huge. Huge greens, basically four quadrants. You could attack those quadrants for the most part because the greens were soft. Um, the, as you pointed out, there's not a lot of undulation, so it felt like a normal venue from that standpoint and to me that diminished it a little bit it felt like driving range golf and look uh we were just bailed out by the fact that guys like tiger woods adam scott brooks kepka justin thomas francesco molinari played better than everybody
1: else that week so right right so you believe that they need to get more difficult venues set it up more difficult
2: well it's not even so much difficulty. I don't have a problem with the scoring.
1: It's just, just how venue. you
2: get how you get to those scores. So it it just was an uninteresting uh, Reese Jones venue, which we've seen this from before plenty of times from Reese, and it's just not not great. And again, we'd come off a tremendous run of courses, um, you know, from Augusta to Shinnecock. Uh, To Carnoustie, and then you can throw in some other venues um, with the seniors being at St Andrews, as I mentioned, uh, Gullen, and uh, you know on down the line. So that certainly impacted the feeling. I think going into it, it it just felt like an okay venue. It wasn't a bad venue. It wasn't a you know the setup wasn't awful. There we didn't have course issues like we had at the U.S. Open in terms of some of the ridiculous pin placements and and green speeds that we saw in. um, and Setup issues, it just sort of was a, a diminished, um, you know, it, it just wasn't a great venue. It's it just not. I'm sorry. Right. And, well, and and but the leaderboard saved it. You're right, absolutely. Yeah. And to me, that oh, I, I agree with you about 75%, but at the same point, I would have loved to see a leaderboard like that. Obviously, at a place like Carnoustie or a place like Augusta, because those are those are uh, really historic venues that are special and this was just not a special venue it was a special leaderboard and a special finish the atmosphere was special what tiger did was terrific what brooks kepka did was amazing right. and you know this is the final PGA championship in august right so we mean to major of a year Goes to May, goes to Beth Page next year. Right. But so this I, was a great way for this to go out for sure. And it, it helps the perception of, of this tournament quite a bit.
1: Our future venues are, like you just said, uh, Beth Page Black next year in New York in May. Then we go to TPC Harding Park in San Francisco in Which, 2020.
2: Which, by the way, Beth Page Black uh, in May, that can be dicey. So, of course, this time uh, next year, in eight months from now, rather, nine, uh, nine months, we're all going to be complaining about how cold it is and how could they have a. a you know, a major championship at Bethpage May. Of course, all those venues were picked before the may, the move to may, to may was set. Right. So, um, San
1: Francisco in May can be
2: San Francisco in May can, can, be, can be cloudy. Uh, yeah, cold. that that can not be great. So uh,
1: then, in twenty one, we go to South Carolina at Kiawah Island, terrific uh, venue. Twenty two, we go to Trump National in uh, Bedminster, New Jersey,
2: and by, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. I've heard grumblings that um that may or may not take place. There might be uh There might be an escape plan there for a variety of reasons, obviously, um, for starting first and really reasons A, B, and C with the first word in that sentence you mentioned, uh, Trump. So um, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But for right now, uh, that is the venue.
1: Which is crazy. I mean, just... Take take the politics out of it. Well, Just yeah, but it, yeah. it
2: it leads to a hornet's nest of things, and, and plus it's going to be cold. And, yeah. it's,
1: it could be cold in New it Jersey, could
2: be, right? It also could be cold there, and it could be dealing with some. It will be cold in Rochester, which is on the. You're about to get to that.
1: Yeah, then the year after it's yeah. in uh, it's in New York at Oak Hill. Yeah,
2: which is practically in Canada. So yeah.
1: yeah, then we go to Kentucky in 24, Pennsylvania in 27. I mean, it really back back to California Olympic Club. Then it goes to uh, we go back to Baltusrol, New Jersey, in 29. And then, uh, it's look, I, go to I would Hills. look. What do, you,
2: what do you think of this idea? I, I propose this to Rich Beam. Of course, we had him on the podcast, um, during the PGA championship, and we went back and forth about the little Twitter spat we had about the status of the PGA as a major and the venues and some of the winners and so forth. One of the interesting points that came out of that to me was having a rotation. Um, why not develop if, if I'm the PGA of America and I look at, um, what the other major championships are, right? The identities, right? The Masters, Augusta National, the end, end of story, right? Uh, the U.S. Open, the sort of toughest test there is, right? Mantra, um, in some of the cl- big, sort of classic venues they go to, Shinnecock, and they've been to Marion, and they, you know, you can go on down the list, um the open oldest championship in golf right, and they're on a, and they're, and, and they and they have a rotation, a rotation right um which by the way they're breaking from next year uh with a one-off at port rush which will be uh maybe the second best course behind st andrews in that rotation right um really a fantastic venue and, and i'm excited for that one um so then you get to the PGA. And what would
1: you do, a 10 course rotation?
2: Yeah, like, like I, I think I proposed the idea with with Rich, who, who grew, something we could agree on. We finally did agree on something. Um, was, uh, you know, why not come up with a rotation around the country of, say, eight golf courses that are really, really strong venues, classic um, venues, you know, classic championship venues, uh, places that can hold a major championship? both from a golf standpoint and from an infrastructure standpoint, because let's be honest, that's what these things are about. Um, You can't go to Riviera, uh, for example, unfortunately for a major, because uh, the infrastructure is, is just too difficult to make it work, which is a shame because like that would be a great venue for the PGA of America to snatch up as part of the rotation. And um, but that's not going to happen. And anyway, and the USGA obviously um, has some of these courses in, in its graphs as well. Uh, right. And Beth Page used to be one of those now that moves over to the PGA side of things, hold, holding a Ryder Cup and holding a PGA championship. But pick eight great golf courses scattered around the country. So you hit all the regions and then. Every 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 um, you know however many years uh, maybe once every five years eight years however you want to do it, the other two are sort of one offs. Um, so that way you can maybe go to a newer golf course, or you can go to a newer region, or you can go right. to a, a different venue that uh, for you know pick your reason. And just but, rotate uh, it every but, ten years, but, right? But effectively come up with and rotate um, those those two spots. Um, those are those are sort of new all the time. One offs, yeah. And the other eight just rotate them because then you can build some continuity you can build uh, it'll elevate the event you can you can market around um, you know those areas and those tournaments and those courses and and when the the, uh, the tournament is coming back there every every you know eight years so. Did so, Rich like that? He he did. We he did. it was it was about the one thing the one we agreed thing on. Well, on. the two things because we're both Cubs fans. So, um and uh we had we had some fun about that because I I wore my Cubs hat around around oh, uh, St. In, Louis. In St. Louis all week and Yeah, that, yeah, and, that went and, well, I'm sure. Yeah, that well, it's, it's it's going well for the Cubs because we're in first place and and the Cardinals are far from first place. So, um uh, but I, you know, I caught all sorts of grief uh, as you would imagine wearing that, but um, to me, it really didn't matter because there was only one response, and that was first place. So, right. <laughs> But I, I would love to see the PGA do that. Um, they've got different motivations, I guess, um, in, in terms of what they want to do with their event. But to me, it would be great um, to build a, a sort of uh, continuity and uh, really would elevate the tournament, I, I, I believe. Um, I'm curious to see what they get out of this move to May, if it benefits them in any way, really. Um, I guess it does from the standpoint of, um, you know, again, their initiatives trying to grow the game. You're going into golf season at a lot of places around the country. So um, as opposed to sort of being in the in the middle of golf season or trailing off in, in August um, with people going back to school or being on vacation still or coming back from vacation where it's May, it's sort of everyone's getting excited, going to their golf club, um, starting to play again, all of those things, which – Speak to the pre- PGA and the PGA professionals. So, um, but uh, from and from a television standpoint, um, you know, should be okay. You'll have, I guess, NBA playoffs and and that sort of stuff going on. But right. um, you won't really be competing quite as much. Um, and it, it's second in line, so it comes off the Masters and it's in between uh, the Masters and the U.S. Open. But um, I, you know, I would just love to see them from a venue standpoint go to some better places. Uh, nothing against the the fine people of St. Louis; they were absolutely they fantastic. Were I'm were, excited for
1: next year's yeah. uh, next year's. Oh, Beth Page, that'll Beth be Page. yeah, that'll really be
2: terrific. Am. You'll have huge crowds there, but you could get some dicey weather, so we'll see how that works out. But. Um, you know, here we are, end of the major season and now yeah. uh, nearing the end of the, uh, the regular season, this week's
1: Wyndham Championship. Yeah, but real quick, I also want to mention it was good to see Adam Scott. It was. It was good I, to I, see Adam yeah. Scott uh, contend again in a major, and <laughs> it, I hate the way I hate the way he finished. Um, I hated to see him miss that little, I think if he makes that birdie putt, I, I, I don't think anything would have changed the outcome, but I think if he makes that birdie on 17, it makes it a, a, a little more pressure on Brooks standing up there on 18 instead of a, a two-shot lead. He's got a one-shot lead. Um, Certainly, and, and that, I know that and, Adam was playing uh, with a heavy heart this week. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, close friend to Jared Lyle, and of course, Lyle um, had passed away from his long bout, third bout with leukemia, and um, you know, a lot of heavy hearts uh, for yeah. the Aussies, not just the Aussies, but but Jared reached a lot, he touched it a seems lot of people. Like every single yeah.
1: person who a ever had any guy. contact with him, just terrific, said he terrific was just a genuinely wonderful man.
2: He really was, just a terrific terrific person 36 years old far too soon insidious horrendous disease um i hope we find a cure for it um at some point but it's um it was it it was really tough on a lot of people and it and it weighed on a lot of people um people in the media players caddies as you mentioned he um he was a terrific just human being and adam had you know, uh, as a lot of people did, wore a ribbon on his hat, um, as most people, uh, as a lot, all the Aussies did and, and a lot of folks around the golf course did. Um, we'll, we'll see some of those hats this week. I think at Wyndham we'll see yeah, some the yellow Wyndham hats. Yeah, they
1: said that Titleist was shipping a ton of those That's uh, great. yellow hats that he had made famous. Yeah. Uh, A lot of guys are going to wear those this week. And I know that some of the other brands, if you're not a Titleist guy, say you're a Nike guy or an Adidas guy, whatever, they are also going to be wearing some yellow hats.
2: Which is is terrific. And you mentioned Adam, and this is the first time we've seen him really um, contend in a major championship in in a while. And um, boy, it just comes down to the putting again with Adam. And and you mentioned um, if he could have...
1: Now, he carried two putters in the bag, (sighs) but he never used the
2: other one. Well, so the second, the reason he did that was the second one was really is if his uh, he wanted to use it the short one if his ball um, was ever sort of up against the collar or up against the rim of the green um, I guess he felt um, better in terms of being able to get to the ball with that one as opposed to the broomstick which obviously would have to sort of have to sweep through a little bit more grass maybe right. he felt just better using that uh never ended up using it in fact and
1: um i mean took a wedge out of the bag to, to right, be able to carry a second putter
2: took a wedge out so um really i don't think there was any significant impact on the decision to no. do so it didn't seem to impact any decision making in his play um but really yeah it comes down to that putt on 17 not making birdie there um and then, was and an the drive on absolute was, killer and then bad. by that point. Yeah, I had to think that that missing that putt on seventeen was the golf tournament. He knew it, and then seventeen, um, poor drive there. Because you're right, it would have been to me. It would have been um, that was really the only thing we did not get um, was Adam. You know, if he makes birdie there and Brooks goes to eighteen with a one shot lead, it's a little bit different. That's a much different ball game, and and you know, eighteen is certainly a birdieable hole, um, and that would have been fascinating to see. Um, you know, Adam played very similarly this week. Um, to the way he did when he won the 2013 just Masters. hung around. Hung around. Hung around. Made some birdies when he needed to. Was there in the end. It worked out for him at Augusta that year. He made right. some putts coming down the stretch. Of course, made the putt in the playoff to win. Uh, didn't work out this time with the putt, which was too bad. Um, but all credit to Brooks for really just a dominant, fantastic uh, week. Um, it felt like, even though he only won by two shots, um, it never, to me, I don't know about you, never felt like he was going to lose that golf tournament. No, the even way when he was, was tied, even yeah.
1: when he was tied with Adam for that short amount of time, uh, I think it was for one hole. Because if he, after yep. he made his two bogeys, and he, he he then made three birdies. I think two holes later, um, it still felt like it was Brooks's tournament to lose. It it still felt like Brooks was gonna was gonna perform. And come away with the Wanna Maker. Um, so you said Wyndham Championship this week, last chance to get into the um, FedEx Cup playoffs. Yep. I think the biggest name that we're looking at this week is Sergio. He's outside the 125 now and trying to play his way into the FedEx Cup playoffs. So he'll need probably a top ten finish to get in. Correct?
2: Um, you know, I'm not sure the math. That probably not quite that high. But the more interesting thing to me with respect to Sergio in that being in that position is that this is a guy who's on the outside looking in for the Ryder cup. Oh, so I I, I say that from a literal standpoint, Thomas Bjorn may already have him. And in fact, he addressed the Sergio question earlier in the week, right uh, at the PGA championship when he met with the media. And you got the sense that, uh, look, Thomas is is always a terrific politician behind uh, on the microphone, but one of the most well-respected, um, players in the game and certainly on the European side as well so um, you got the sense that he'd probably pick Sergio regardless but I think if Sergio were to miss the cut this week which looking at his year I mean 17 starts worldwide starts seven missed cuts wow. Of course he has a win he wanted he, he, has, he has how one, much of this do you put on one equi- win in Singapore how much but, of
1: this do you put on the equipment change? <sighs> that's a good question Never played Taylor made for years yeah. and years and years yeah. and years and then this year has uh, made the switch to Callaway because they paid him a boatload of money but Look, uh,
2: this year I'm looking at it right now I mean seven missed cuts he has literally he has not had a year this bad since 2003 when he missed nine cuts in 26 worldwide starts which by the way he could still surpass that because he's got he's got More starts to come both here and on the European tour. Right. In the rest of the year. So, um,
1: there's got to be something uh, in the equipment change there.
2: Just, not good. It's There's not good. He's not yeah. playing well. He's missed three of his last four cuts. Of course, at the PGA, he missed Remember,
1: it. he won the Masters yeah. a year ago. Yeah. A year ago.
2: And he played well last year. Right. It's not like he hasn't played well since the Masters. Last year, he won two other tournaments. Right. It's
1: not a steady decline. It no. literally has happened this, this year. year. And if we see had this to a name lot. Something, Look, it's equipment change. Well,
2: yeah. And we see this a lot. Guys switch equipment and it happens. And, um, you know, look, I, I, I'm i not going to start throwing barbs at equipment companies here. He goes from tailor made friend of the program, but to Callaway And, it, you know, it just happens. We Look, we've seen him with Rory McElroy. Right. We've seen which it, I want to
1: get into Rory McElroy right. as well, too.
2: So here we go. So he, uh, um, you know, yeah, Roy made, made su- he You remember made multiple going from, equipment switches. And, yeah, Titleist to Nike and, was really right, rough and, on and him, and it, and it took some cha- it took some time to get used to. So these guys, it sometimes takes time to get used to stuff and to get things nailed in because for for Sergio to have this kind of year is pretty shocking.
1: Right, which is also crazy that Tiger has been able to remember he switched right. irons during the year. He started off this year with Nike irons, and then now he's playing these proto Proto Woods or Proto TW irons. That uh, that they've manufactured for him at TaylorMade, and he really hasn't seemed to miss a beat, which just goes to show you again how amazingly talented Tiger is, and he's able to switch in the he switched at some point in the middle of the year and has never missed a beat. Yeah. I mean, that's really shocking. Um, but Rory McIlroy, I saw a tweet of yours on oh Saturday at the PGA. Yep. In between rounds, you remember. He I always finished-
2: love when when tweets get brought up later because I it it instantly makes me scared like a. Oh, crap. What did I tweet?
1: Well, it was Saturday. <laughs> he finished his uh, Friday round on Saturday. So he finished yep. round two after the weather delay. You said you had just seen Roy McElroy shank a wedge. I then saw a video with like a shot tracer on that wedge. That oh, yeah. Hit the scoreboard, didn't it? It did. Um, something's amiss in Rory's game. And it's <laughs> very, think? very strange.
2: Well, I, I, I kind of crossed paths with him in the locker room on Sunday after his round. And yeah, I mean, look, you just get the sense that he feels like he knows he's not playing well, doesn't feel good about his game really in any facet. Um,
1: Well, he said now that he's considering skipping the first playoff event to either take some time off or work on his game. He didn't know what he needed to do.
2: Well, I think he looks at it twofold. Um, I think big picture, um, the Ryder Cup, right? That's the last event in this run of tournaments for him. It'll be...
1: Is so, he qualified for Ryder Cup yeah, or yeah. right he'll now? Be, he'll stand? be, yes,
2: he'll be on the Ryder Cup team. So he will be on the team. Um, he'll qualify for the team. Um, but it comes, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's like six starts in eight weeks or something like that for Rory. So it's a it's a busy part of the schedule for a lot of guys. He and, seems
1: to lose focus when he plays a whole lot in a short amount of time. It's almost like he's just not well, mentally and, and, into and,
2: it and not playing well, mind you, in, in, in those periods. So, um, Look, he, his game is built around his driving, but the irons have not been great at times this year. His, his wedge play at, at times has just been horrific. Um, he'd be the first to admit it. And, of course, his putting, he's always been a streaky putter, so um, and it hasn't really been streaky good. It was streaky good at Bay Hill. Bay but, Hill. Right, that was sort of the one week where where it's worked, but... You're not going to um, you're not going to win a lot of tournaments. Um, he's had a very consistent year. He said something interesting to me, or rather uh, to the to the media, uh, in his press conference early in the week, that he would rather have a consistent year where he doesn't miss a lot of cuts. In other words, but maybe you know doesn't win versus a year where he just misses a bunch of cuts and and win you know maybe wins a major. So to me, that's an interesting way to look at it because. At the end of the day, it's about winning, um, but look, obviously you can't give yourself a chance to win if you're if you're missing cuts. I don't know. I, I, I've just got a different philosophy. I, I'd rather give me the win. If you can win right. a major for every year for ten years, I don't I don't really care how many cuts I miss. Right. Now, I agree. Now, look, you're not going to miss ten cuts in a year and and win a major. That's right. Probably, it just doesn't work that way, but.
1: Now, former Ryder Cup captain, uh, Paul McGinley. Yeah, this is also interesting. Uh, he uh, has spoken out this morning, actually, and he says that— Not the first time, by the way. He feels that Roy McIlroy is extremely average. He says that—a uh, couple quotes here. Look at Dustin Johnson with his wedges, Brooks Kepka with his putter, and Justin Thomas the same. These guys are fabulous, absolutely fabulous. Roy's only average. Sometimes the putting is good, but the wedge play is not great. Then the wedge play is not so bad, but then the putting's off. The scoring clubs are absolutely paramount for a start, he said. Uh, the other thing is that his perception is that Roy plays his best and he wins. He says that's no longer the case. That the other three guys, Brooks, Justin, and Dustin, when they play their best, he's not sure that Rory's best is good enough to beat them anymore. And so that
2: you know That's the which is the first time really anybody has has said that. Because, has questioned Roy, right. Yeah. Uh, in that regard because usually when Rory's at his best, uh, he's the guy, one of the maybe two guys that gets brought up by by his peers that, look, if all else being equal, when everyone's at their best, who's the best of that bunch? And Rory's um, name is brought up continuously in that conversation. So this is the first time I'm hearing somebody <clears throat> sort of go against that. Right. And if you look at his year, that's a fair assessment it because is. he has not played well. Um, sure, he won at Bay Hill. Um but that was a little bit of smoke and mirrors having, you know, just just made everything with the right. potter. Everything. And, you know, I, I it's just it's it's kind of perplexing. I, and I think Rory's trying to figure look, he's it it's not the gym. He said he hasn't been in the gym in three months. Right. So he's clearly been working hard on his game. Um, but it's not working at the moment. And we see this where guys fall into these patterns or these lulls. Jordan Spieth talked about it working on the wrong thing for two months right. or what he feels like is the wrong thing for two months. He was going down a path with a swing motion um, uh, technology and approach um, working on what he now says was the wrong thing for two months. So now
1: you, now you got to undo that. Now
2: you got to, not only do you have to undo that, but then you got to work on getting back to where you were. So, so it's it's like a double whammy, right? You gotta work your way out of what you did for those two months and then you've gotta work your way up to where you were. Right, and then
1: find the fix of what right. you were looking for in the first place. Right.
2: So it it's a Which lot Which
1: makes me feel much better about my game right here yeah, these days.
2: Right, exactly. So um Rory just doesn't seem very happy with his game at the moment, knows he's not playing well, sort of can't figure it out for whatever reason it is, but all parts of his game he seems um, not particularly thrilled with. Yeah, so, I mean, even his driver, which yeah, has been his yeah.
1: something he's been able to lean on, was not great. Right. Uh, you know, at, and it at, at hasn't Hallway. been
2: great. It's been great at times this year.
1: Yeah. But they hill was fabulous.
2: Sure, and and even at Bridgestone, he had some great some great drives. But um, it's got to be just a killer to drive at three fifty and then hit a wedge that goes off the green or right. or, or lands. At, we right. saw at Carnoustie. On the seventy-second hole, that lands twenty-five feet from the hole, or
1: hit it fat and miss the green. Yeah, I've seen that happen too.
2: I mean, it's it, so it all that stuff is going to add up and and going to impact you mentally. So um, this was pretty much a lost year for Rory in yeah. terms of his performances. Now, other, unless he turns sure. it
1: around in the playoffs, you never know. It's just sure he's subject to come out in one of the playoff events and play like he did at Bay Hill.
2: And look, if he can have if he can go out there and have a great Ryder Cup win some key matches, have some points,
1: that
2: will, that will look, if Rory goes out and plays well in the Ryder Cup, helps lead the European team to victory, that will do as much for his game, probably about as much as anything. So, you know, not a great year for him, certainly in the majors. Um, Really, Carnoustie, late charge there, Augusta faded pretty quickly uh, on Sunday there. But, um, you know, it, it just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling to see at times, but that, I guess that's just golf. I guess we're just spoiled by, it you know, Tiger was so great for so long and never really had, even, right. He had very short down periods. So we want all the greats to We sort of that expect, way. right. The, the top players, uh, which is unfair because, uh, in Ricky, uh, Fowler has brought this up uh, on multiple occasions fair and it's a fair point. Look, t- when Tiger's in that position to win a tournament, um, you know, his, his winning percentage is. 20 30 percent or or during the primaries career he won 30 percent of his tournaments and that's just absurd it's nobody's done anything remotely close to that so right. expecting these guys to even do Perform 20 20 percent of that or 15 percent of that is is probably too much because uh tigers that just that much better but um um yeah it's it's it is perplexing to see to see rory struggle like this after um that run he had for you know Three or four, probably three or four years, where he look. It looked like he might win ten majors now, and he still might. Uh, but it, he looks a long way, a long way from getting back to the the kind of golf he played a few years ago.
1: Yeah. So we got Wyndham this week. Then we'll start the playoffs. I uh, also want to tell you about uh, something really cool. I know you and I talked about this before. The um, have you heard about the uh, un- Under Armour's calls of their Armor Box? Have you heard about I, this? I, I
2: love. I love what companies are doing in terms of these subscription boxes and just the cool just a great way because i hit look i I hate hate shopping shopping. hate it i don't even like shopping online no like it's just
1: i mean i'd rather do that than go to the store but i still don't like that either so how it works is it's totally free available for both men and women uh since the brands of under armor their latest gear to your front door you can get it every 30 days every 60 days or every 90 days you make that choice all you do as a stylist there at under armor will hand pick items that appear in every box which is customized according to your own style and your own training needs. So whether you, uh, you you get like an official outfitter, for example, and whether you're playing golf or whether you're going for a run or whether you are, uh, just, just want to simply work out, whatever you're doing, um, they'll send it to your door whenever you say. And here's how it works. This, this is the best part of it now. The box arrives with four to six items, and you have a week to try everything on and decide which ones you like. The best part, you get a 20% discount off of every single thing you decide to buy and you get free returns for the items that you end up sending back. So it really will cost you nothing. You sign up for it and then you keep what you want, 20% off what you don't get in any store, 20% off anything Under Armour. And then whatever you don't want, you send it back and in the next 30, 60, or 90 days, they're gonna send you another box. I, I'm with you. These subscription boxes are super cool. You, you come home from work or you come home from wherever you are, and there's a box at the door of clothes. It's like the greatest thing ever. You just try it on and see if it works. It's
2: like Christmas in
1: August. Yeah, I mean it really is really neat. So that's Armor Box. And also want to take a second to congratulate uh, Jaren Ramos on Instagram at uh, Jaren Ramos fifty two. Jaren won the M four driver that we gave away. We did a big uh, entry on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Did a random drawing, and uh, actually Jaren in- entered on two of the platforms. And he won, so I'm sure he'll post a picture of it once to, uh, Taylor gets him out his brand new M4 driver. So we'll we'll be back uh, after the Wyndham. We'll be back to see how that recap goes, and then we will be ready for the FedEx Cup playoffs. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say... Oh, here we go. that Tiger Woods.
2: Yeah, that's a real limb, by the way.
1: <laughs> hey, you weren't willing to do it earlier. <laughs> Tiger Woods will win one event in the FedEx Cup playoffs.
2: And he, look, he, he, he just might. He certainly um, he's Trending in that direction. He's going to win again. The the fact that he's at this point as quickly as he is is stunning. It's enjoyable. Um, it's great for golf. It's it's great for uh great to see. I mean, it, it really is. Um that that atmosphere Sunday was was, it was incredible. It was. Absolutely incredible. It was
1: unreal. Oh! I think you've had enough. Playing through. No, now you've had enough. With Froggy and Whacker. Oh, bitch.
0: Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts. So, you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise.